Hi, this is Brett, and welcome to Optimize. On this episode, I want to share with you six questions that will make you a better leader. So the big question is, how are entrepreneurs like us, who have too much to do and too little time, able to build both the business and the life of our dreams? That's the question. And on this podcast, we'll explore the journey to the answer. My name is Brett Ingram, entrepreneur and award-winning product creator. I chose to build a business and have a time for a personal life, and I want to help you do the same. Welcome to Optimize. So we all want to be good leaders, and if we don't, we all should, because at the end of the day, even if you have a solo business right now, your leadership skills and the way that you conduct yourself and the vision that you set for your company and all those other things, if you ever grow, if you ever outsource, if you ever have employees, it's going to matter a lot in terms of the culture and your ability to build a world-class organization. But even if you never aspire to go beyond yourself, you still want to be a great individual leader because, again, it's going to create a better legacy. It's going to help you build a more profitable and successful company. And it's going to get you a lot more respect and a lot more, um, you know, self-confidence and, and just feeling great about what you've been able to do. So there are six questions that you can ask yourself that will help to make you a better leader. And the first one of them is, what is it like to work for me? Now, if you have no employees and you have no outsourcers, you can ask this as a hypothetical. It's still really valuable. But obviously, if you have anybody that you work with, this is a great question because it allows you to put yourself in the other person's shoes and try to get an understanding, an empath empathetic understanding of what it must be like to deal with you. You know, I worked with bosses in the past that believed they were great leaders. Um, and I'll never forget one time I was, I was working at a company in New York and there was a particular guy that I was aligned with and there were three managers at his level in my company. And I really liked both of the other two. I had a lot of respect for them. I had some opportunities to work with them a little bit here and there. And I would have, you know, followed them and listened to them and believed in them and everything else. The one guy that I was aligned with um, was very, very superficial. He was, he was uh, lazy is not the right word, but his idea of delegation was give you a bunch of stuff when I have something better to do because I don't want to be in the office. So, um, you know, one little example of this is the Super Bowl was coming around and the Patriots were in it and they were my team and they hadn't been in the Super Bowl. This is dating me a little bit because they hadn't been in the Super Bowl in a while. And I, obviously in current times, they were there a lot. So this was one of their first ones. And this guy said he was a Jets fan. And the Jets were totally useless. They were not in even in the playoffs, let alone the Super Bowl. Um, but we had to do a phone night on that Sunday in the afternoon. And so he said to me, oh, you know, I, I want to help you develop as a leader. Uh, you come in tonight and run the phone night. And I knew instantly it had nothing to do with developing me as a leader. What it had to do with is he didn't feel like being there because he wanted to go watch the Super Bowl. Meanwhile, he knew that the Patriots were, were my team. So it was sort of a double whammy. I mean, not only was it selfish of him because he clearly just wanted to do something better, but he tried to hide it 
under the guise of making me a better leader, while all the while he, you, I was going to sacrifice the one Super Bowl my team had been in in decades. And so that was just one example of the kinds of things that he did. But he thought in his own mind he was a great leader. And I'll never forget when I was resigning, um, I went in and I was meeting with the, with the CEO and I said to him, you know, I'm, I'm leaving and I, you know, I just wanted to let you know, you know, um, there was no way I could have stayed here and worked for John. You know, if, if I was working for in, in the group of either of the other two guys at his level, uh, I may have stayed, but it just doesn't work for me. And I remember, you know, he was he was in the meeting and I remember, you know, he had this stunned look on his face because he believed he was this great leader. But his idea of leadership was just steamrolling anybody that disagreed with him. And that's not leadership. And so asking yourself, what is it like to work for me, if you're honest with yourself, can give you a really good idea. I know, for example, as a leader myself, I have some strengths and I have some weaknesses. And one of the things is I'm often busy and I assume a lot about what other people are capable of without necessarily really giving them all the tools and the information they need to be successful. And I know that. So I might think, wow, I'm this great leader and I know what I'm doing. I got all these people and they should be doing. And then when they're not successful, blame it on them because they're bad employees. When in reality, I didn't set them up for success. Um, you know, someone said once um, as a leader, you know, the most important thing is you work for your employees and your organization. They don't work for you. And I think that's a really important point. If your idea of leadership is just telling everybody what to do, you have the wrong idea of what it's supposed to be. So the second question is, what prevents me from making the changes I know will make me a more effective leader? And I think that's a good question, too, because the reality of it is, you know, there may be things that intuitively you know you should do. And for some reason, whether it's inertia or, you know, whether it's just sort of lack of struggle or problem or necessity to make a change, you see things that you could do, but you are complacent enough to let things go. And so if you're able to identify the roadblocks, the things that are going to stop you from doing things that would make you a more effective leader, that's going to really help you become a better leader. Because one of the great things that all great leaders do is they recognize that they're not excellent at everything they do. They recognize where their weak points are, and they want to be told and shown and understand that. You know, it's not weakness to admit that you're not perfect at everything. That's strength. Weakness is pretending, is boasting and pretending and insisting and bullying people when you believe that you don't ever want to be proven wrong. That's weakness. Strength is the ability to say, I was wrong the ability to say, I don't have all the answers. The ability to say, I want more qualified people around me in the areas and functionally that I need to get things done because they can do a better job at it than I can. My job as a leader is to make it all work together, not be the best at every individual task. So the third question is, what are the implications of this decision 10 minutes, 10 months, and 10 years from now? The cool thing about this question is the fact that the, the implications of the decision 10 minutes, I think for the most part, we all sort of intuitively like understand. Otherwise, we wouldn't make the decision to begin with, right? So that one's, I don't think, too tough. 
10 months, maybe even if it's a longer term decision, may not even be something hard. But 10 years from now is really a valuable question. And the reason it is, is because there may be things that right now would be short term profitability for you, but that doesn't make them smart business decisions. You know, you could kill the, the golden goose, right, to try to get the egg and it's not going to work for you ultimately. You know, you may, you may sacrifice for short-term profit, but when that runs out, the problem is, you know, you are going to find yourself in a really bad spot down the road. So you want to be able to look at all the big decisions that you make from the perspective of short, intermediate, and long-term implications. So you get a real good understanding of how this is going to impact you, not just from a profitability standpoint, but from a market position standpoint, and also a reputation standpoint. You know, there may be things that you can do to make short-term profit, but if they're going to hurt you in the long run, they might not be the best decisions to make. So the fourth question is, if no one would ever find out about my accomplishments, how would I lead differently? The brilliant element of this question is that it strikes at the heart of ego. So as leaders, we try to, you know, we, we want to pretend at least our egos are not involved and invested. But it's difficult, especially if it's our own company, to pretend that we are completely separated, completely cut off, and completely uninvested from an ego perspective. I can tell you that the first business that I, first real business, I mean, I ran a lot of little businesses in college and high school and stuff like that. But my first real business that I ran I ran it for five years and I had seven employees. And at one point I had to shut off the lights for the last time and close the door and say goodbye and, and basically shut it down. And I can tell you as much as I would have wanted to blame other forces or, you know, oh, it was the market and it was all of those things played a role. But I honestly believe I wasn't an effective leader in that situation either. I was very young. I was 22 years old. And I thought I knew a lot more than I did. And the thing of it is, it was, my ego was inextricable from the business. And so when I shut off those lights for the last time, you know, I had a profound sadness and sort of a, a sense of feeling of failure because I believed that really deep down, regardless of market factors and other things, if I was a great leader, I, I should have been able to make that work. That may or may not have been true. That might also have been ego. But I was not able to separate who I was from what I was doing. And that's empowering in the way that it makes you really give that extra and really push hard. But it's also dangerous in the sense that you are not your business. You, you aren't. You know, you are not even what you do. You are who you are. And what you do is what you do. And those are two different things. And it's very important to sort of have that broken out. But if you think about what you would do if no one ever found out about it, you remove ego from the equation. And so your leadership decisions are based on the best interest of the company, the best interest of your employees, your staff, your customers, your other stakeholders. And that's really powerful because, again, it gives you insight into what you really should do as a leader and, and a business owner. The fifth question is, am I failing differently each time? It's a very simple question, but it's very powerful because the hallmark of great leadership, 
the hallmark of great entrepreneurs is that they make a lot of mistakes. They fail a lot. I, I've done a tremendous number of things that have not worked and I have not gotten the results out of in my life. And, you know, the old adage with Thomas Edison or the old story there when he was trying to develop the carbon filament for the light bulb. You know, the reporter comes to him after he's got notebooks filled with 10,000 different ways that didn't work. And the guy says to him, Edison, like, what are you doing? Like, don't you realize, like, you failed over 10,000 times. Like, this is a total waste. Like, it's a total failure. When are you just going to accept that? And he said, you don't understand. I haven't failed 10,000 10, times. I successfully identified 10,000 ways that won't work, which puts me exactly 10,000 ways closer to the way that will. And what's really powerful about that is if you, if you don't keep making the same mistake, you are getting closer to your target. You know, if you're trying to run Facebook ads and you try and lose money and try and lose money and try and lose, but each time you're losing it in a different way on a different phase of the, of the, of the process, then you're getting closer to where you need to be. If you just keep ramming your head against the same brick wall, well, that's not smart because you're failing, but you're failing the same way. So you aren't learning anything from that. So that's, that's a, a very, uh, you know, disarmingly simple yet powerful question. And the last question for leadership is how is the way you as the leader think and process information affecting your organizational culture? What I really like about this is I like how it intertwines your thought process as a leader, but the organizational culture. Because at the end of the day, you know, the CEO, you could put whatever slogans you want on a poster, you can hang them on a wall. But your organizational culture is going to come from the way that you think, the way that you act, the way that you behave in the organization. And so how you think and how you process information will have an impact on that. And by being able to think about that and study that and analyze that, you also, by definition, have the power to change, to adapt, to evolve your organizational culture by changing, adapting, and evolving your thinking and the way you process information. So if you take those six questions and you ask yourself those as a leader, it will help give you more insight into who you are and how you lead. And most importantly, it'll, it'll make you better. And I recommend, as always, with lists of questions like this, that you don't just do this once and forget about it, but you write these down and you track them and you check them quarterly with yourself. So you constantly evolve as a leader, continuing to make you and your organization better and better every single day, every single month, and every single year in your existence. Be sure to subscribe so you get every episode and share it with a friend. And until next time, remember, no matter what you want from your business and your life, don't compromise, optimize.